Good morning. Welcome to church, church. <laughs> it's live streamers. It's a beautiful winter's day in Florida. No snow, no sleet, no rain, no jackets, no sweaters. <laughs> it's beautiful here. Amen. Um, we do welcome you, live streamers, for stopping your day to sit and hear the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord changes us. We have every opportunity to change. Amen? Every opportunity. So if you need a title, my title today is Steady As You Go. And let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for this day that you have made you created for good, Father God, not for evil, Father, for light and not for darkness, for blessing and not for cursing. We will rejoice in this day, Lord God. We have a desire that because it's your day, we set our course for this day, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Father, for your spirit, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for a country that is free to assemble together. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit. Be the teacher today. Be the teacher. Turn on the light as we receive the word of our God. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And everybody said amen. amen. We're going to talk a little bit about steadfastness. But I just want to share this one thing. Because of the theme this year and because that we were just starting into the brand new year, but that we have been told it's going to be a revisit, it's going to be a refresh, and it's going to be a refire, it's going to take submission on our part because we have to understand submission is simply this. It is allowing God to work his will in us. And then from when that will gets worked in us, then we take that will and we work it out into our life. That's what submission's all about. I continue to submit to the will of God, to the gifts of God, to the people of God, to the word of God, to the spirit of God. If it's of God, I continue to submit to it. You know, I was listening um, just a week or so back when Pastor Bob was sharing with us about the breaking of bread and um, he, he taught us about giving. He taught us about um, uh, fellowship. And I thought about, you know, you have to submit yourself to those things because that's what humility is all about. You are being able to be told something or taught something that you may not have known or maybe you didn't have that exactly straight. And then here comes truth. And you have to be humble enough to allow yourself to be taught that and straightened out about that, corrected. I mean, I don't know why correction is so horrible. All it does is set you back where you need to be. I mean, we accept it out there in the world. We accept it on, a, you know, I accept a GPS. That, that little lady will tell me to turn around. My gosh, I'm looking for a place to turn around. I don't know her. I don't even know what she's going to say next. But, buddy, I'm looking for that place. Turn around. She said turn around. I'm going to find a turnaround place. Well, God is a God of turnaround. That's what repentance is all about, looking to him, looking to him, continuing to have a desire for his will. So um, turn with me to 2 Peter 
um, chapter 3, and we're going to go verse 16 to 18 in the New King James. We're going to start out in New King James. 2 Peter 3, 16 to 18. It says, as also in all his epistles, which is what um, Peter was talking about, Paul's letters to the church, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which, now listen, the only reason things get hard to understand, it tells you right here, which the untaught and the unstable people twist to their own destruction. We cannot remain untaught or remain unstable because it says we'll twist. We twist. We twist the truth. We twist the word. We twist how we think, what, how God functions, how God operates, what God's grace is all about, what God's will is all about. Whatever it is of God, you know, we can get off and we can twist it, and it will be to our own destruction. And I have to remember that. I have to remember I can get off. I can step off. As they do also the rest of the scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this, see, we know this. The word tells us this. Beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. We have a steadfastness in Christ. If you put yourself under the word of God, if you bring yourself into a ministry and you join to that ministry, and that ministry is preaching and teaching truth, not a doctrine of men, but actual opening the Bible and teaching out of the Bible the truth, then when we subject ourselves and submit ourselves to that, then we, we get a steadfastness about us. And it says each of us have our own steadfastness. I can't do anything about your steadfastness. You can't do anything about my steadfastness. You have to take care of yours. I have to take care of mine. It says being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow, it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I looked up the word steadfastness in the Bible, and there's several things throughout the Bible that steadfastness means. One, it means an unwavering faith, that when we get into faith, we don't waver from it. We don't let a circumstance, a situation, our best friend, our spouse our loved ones, our families, I mean nobody and nothing bring us off that. We've found it in the word, we've meditated, we've pondered it, we've made a confession of it to ourselves. It's grown a root inside of us. Faith has come alive. We don't waver. And you know, just because faith is present doesn't mean everything in a flash gets done. Everything gets right just like that. Uh, bad things go away just like that. Good things come just like that. That's not what the Bible says, but yet faith will bring the promise. You know, we talk about what the Bible says about how you endure under the promise of God. That's what faith is all about. It's enduring. It's going through whatever you need to go through. If you have to go around, you're willing to go around. If you have to go through, you're willing to go through. If you have to climb over, you're willing to climb over. Another thing that steadfastness is in the Bible, it means you have a conviction. 
You have a conviction of what it is you're believing God for. You know, in my life right now, this very moment, there's things I'm believing for that I don't yet have, but there's also things I'm overcoming that are not for me, but they've come at me, so I'm overcoming. So I'm always working, getting that will of God in me, knowing that will. Once it comes to me, getting it settled down in me, and then knowing that will. And when I know that will, then I can begin to work that will out into my life. I'll bring it out into my life. Because, you know, that's what you have to do. That's what I have to do. That's what steadfastness is all about. That's what faithfulness is all about. Commitment, it's all about that. That I, I'll be honest with you, I do like to be encouraged. You know, when you're encouraged, it feels good. You don't even have to try to feel good. It just comes at you and you're encouraged. But, you know, sometimes there has to be correction, which we're going to look at that at the end here. I won't get ahead of myself, but we're going to look at that. But really, you have to be willing to believe and understand that the will of God is going to come to you and that you can receive it and you can let it be put in you by God, by the grace of God, that he will make his will known and he will see to it that his will is worked in us unless we reject it. Yeah. But on his side, on, and his intention is, I'm going to work my will in you if you allow it. All you have to do is open yourself to me. Yes, That's all we have to do. Amen. Amen. All right, so we have that, and we have the understanding of it. It's a loyalty also. It's a loyalty. I'm loyal. That's what faithfulness is. I'm loyal. I think Second Chronicles in the Old Testament says, God's eyes do look to and fro the earth trying to find a loyal heart. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. And then he can... Give us his will. He can settle that will in us. He can reveal that will. Amen? Because I don't know the whole will of God, but I'm confident enough to know I'm under the word. I'm under the authority of a ministry that will stand in this pulpit and openly preach, boldly and confidently preach the word of God to me. I'm going to be fine because I'm bringing myself and I refuse to turn my back on it. I will not turn my back. I will not. Amen. Um, come with me to, we'll have to go to the Passion. It's Ephesians 3, and we're going to do um, 16, and then we'll go on to another, another verse. We, we need to know God's will for us. So Ephesians 3, 16 in the Passion Translation says this, And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and his favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. So we have to realize, you know, there's people praying for you and I. You know, there's the body of Christ. There's the fivefold ministry gifts that pray for us. I know for a fact they do. I go to meetings. They stand up and tell us they do. I know that our pastors here do. Our leadership here does. But 
we have to, we have to know these things. You know, it's not just read over them in two seconds, but you have to get them inside of you. Okay, I'm being flooded with supernatural strength, with the favor of God. There's no reason that I can't remain steadfast and overcome. There's no reason I can't remain steadfast and grow, even though some people think they sit under a ministry and they haven't had any growth. I, I don't know why. It's not from the ministry. It's not from God. It's not from his word. It's not from his spirit. It's got to be coming from us if we're not growing. Because God says, one, we're his field and we're good soil because we have been regenerated when we received Christ. We've been made brand new. Our heart's been prepared now to receive the seed of his word. To receive. He's put his spirit within us to teach us and train us and correct us and instruct us and to lead us and to guide us. So there's no reason why I can't get this inside of me and I can't understand about that divine might and explosive power to propel me, to blow the enemy out of the water. Amen? Let's go to verse 20. It says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. And to accomplish all this, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now, I have had a conversation with the Lord before this, and I've said it. I've said it to him. I don't have any energy. I'm just about spent. I don't know what's happened to me. I should have been at this scripture. I know this scripture. I mean, I knew it in King James, in the New King James, because that's the Bible I study. But, you know, now we have the passion that really, and the message, they just open up the word to you, and they make it very plain, very plain. And right after I had that little conversation, this word should have come up in me. Sometimes it came up in me, and other times I just was whining and just sitting by myself and letting that whining just come out to the Lord, just come out. And I know he's thinking, he's thinking, Ellen, I've given you everything that you need. You have explosive power. You have miraculous power. You have supernatural strength flooding your innermost being. What are you doing? whining <laughs> exactly you know you, you can look in your bible if you want to you'll never find where whining helped you or strengthened you or protected you or prospered us or saved us ever ever steadfastness will do that we got to get on the steadfastness, on the faithfulness, on the commitment, on, stick with the conviction, get some loyalty about us That's, that's the name of this game we're, we're in, okay? 
God is the game master. We need to, you know, the kids always talk to me about gaming, 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 gaming. I don't really understand it exactly, but I know what it's about at least. And I think to myself, and as much as we pay attention to the rules, the regulations, how to increase, how to succeed, um, how to go forward in the game, maybe even get to the top level and, you know, across the web you're the winner and everyone knows it. At least let us press in a little bit like that with a little bit of mindset to the things of God. At least let us go for the things of God. Study them. Look at them. Be present when they're being taught. Don't, don't become unstable. Don't become the untaught. I never want to think, I never want to hear the Spirit of God say to me, you've become unteachable, Hugh Ellen. You're not teachable anymore. Oh, my golly. I'm going to be on the altar right here on my face on the floor. I'm just going to tell you all. If you ever see that, you'll know that that's what I've heard. You've, you've become unteachable. Because if you become unteachable, you'll get unstable. You can't, you can't afford, we can't afford that. Amen. We just, we can't afford that, those things. Um, well, let me talk to you a little bit. I have one story, which is a true story about Pastor Morgan and I, about submission to God and letting him work his will and then you putting that will and bringing it out into your life is when, when we were 40 years old, we had made a plan for 20 years because we, we had been married 20 years at 40 that we were going to go and leave here and go someplace else and make a life. And we had it planned out. We had everything in order. It was happening. It was over a course of 20 years, and about, about the 15th year, yeah, just right up there almost at the door, <laughs> this, things changed in our life, and we began to see the will of God, that it was important to live in the will of God, that we could serve God anywhere, we could love God anywhere, but you can't be in his will anywhere. Right. Now, you can... Talk yourself into that if you want to. But no, you can't be in God's will just doing anything anywhere. No, it's God's will. You have to find it out. You have to let him settle it in you. And then you have to be confident and bold enough and obedient enough to say yes to it and then to work it into your life. So long story short, we never went. We never left town. We never left this ministry. We stayed. And I remember that we didn't have a talk about it. I mean, nothing. About five years before it was going to happen, Morgan looks at me one or I look at him and I go, we're never leaving, are we? We're not, we're not moving, are we? Even though everything to that point was in order, it was in place. We had held to it. Man's will we were able to held, hold to. Man's will, we held to it. Totally disciplined in it. Man's will. Why can't we do that with God's will? Why can't we be disciplined? Why can't we obey? You know, I've thought about that many a day. Why can't we? That was our own will. Nobody told us to do it. We decided that, the two of us. And so we're going along, and it's about five years to, we sh you know, it's working good. It's going to happen. It's, make it's making its goal. And I say to Morgan, we're, not, we're never going to leave here, are we? And he says, I don't think so. And I said, it's not God's will, is it? He said, nope. 
And that was the end of it. No more conversation. There was no crying. There was no whining. And you know, after 20 years, we came out really good from that. <laughs> I mean, we're like, everything that we said, you know, that in the natural that we needed to take care of, it was all taken care of. I'm like, well, this kind of is a good thing. Everything's taken care of. We're just not moving. That's all. So you have to, you have to realize about God's will. You have, to, you have to get steadfast to it. And you have to get faithful to it. You got to, because his will is everything. His will will give us a life that we've never dreamed of. His will will give us the right kind of, the righteous life. His will will be surety for us. You know, we always sing songs about assurance and stuff. It really will be that. Living the life that God's will says for you will bring assurance and surety and security. Hallelujah. Truly, truly, truly. Um, go with me to Hebrews 6.12. Y'all, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm excited about the revisiting and the refreshing and the refiring. We have no idea what our life, if we take it and if we're here and if we give ourselves and if we meditate and if we get it in us and if we agree with it, and we believe it, and we obey it, whatever it is, because we don't know what it is. It's going to come. And here's the other thing. He's not going to dump all that on us. It's going to come um, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, but it's going to come. Uh, that I have no problem knowing. I'm convinced of it. I'm persuaded. It's going to come. I'm going to receive it. I'm talking to myself already. I mean, this is going to be a great year, a great year. Amen? Amen. All right, Hebrews 6, and we're going to go to um, 11 and 12. Because, you know, this is God's desire. This is his desire. It says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, the same diligence. You've got to show your diligence. I have to show my diligence. Diligence. Sober-minded. God-inside-minded. All in. Amen. Amen. All right. To the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become. And this is why we have to remain diligent. <laughs> oh. I mean, but God shows us how to stay out of trouble. He shows us how to become steadfast. He shows us how to have a conviction. He shows us how to remain loyal and unwavering in faith. I mean, I don't want to lose what I've already accomplished in him. It says um, that you do not become sluggish, but you imitate those who th through faith and patience inherit the promise. And what I want to look at is that we don't become sluggish. We don't become complacent. We don't become take it or leave it. If I miss it, I miss it. It'll come around again. Now, I will say this. I did used to think that sometimes because, of course, we're teaching ministry. And, you know, revelation comes. And, of course, the leadership here has to stand up and, and teach us these things again. But my attitude is never going to be, I've heard that before. I've been taught this. I should rejoice in the fact and be glad that as the word's coming to me, 
that I have an understanding and that I just take more of it in, more understanding, more diligence, more perception, more knowledge, more truth in that very same word that I have been taught before. I mean, God is an abundant God. He's a God of increase. So there's nothing that he would give us that wouldn't be an abundance over and above more than enough and increase. So I should never, ever have that attitude. You should never have the attitude of, I didn't get it, but it'll come around again. I'll grab it next time. That is not good. Because, you know, the enemy loves that kind of talk. He loves that kind of thinking. I don't want to miss. I want to be a part of it. I want to be present whenever I can and wherever he is taking place. When his spirit is moving, I want to be able to embrace his spirit. I really do. It's, it's important. I mean, it's our, it's our God. Not only moving in me, but moving among me. Among us, let's say that. In the midst of me. How about that? So we have to get hold of this. I mean, maybe that's why we're, we're revisiting. Maybe that's why we're being refreshed. Maybe that's why it's time to refire. Maybe our steadfastness has waned. Maybe my diligence has waned. I'm going to find out this year. I guarantee you the Holy Ghost is going to speak to me because I'm going to tell him before every service like I always have for years. Holy Ghost, I'm there. I'm going to have an ear to hear. I'm going to have an eye to see this. Thank you for my understanding. Thank you for my perception. I'm not going to push it away. I'm not going to turn aside from it. I'm going to take it. Now, I say that before we get in here, because sometimes, you know, we get spanked. <laughs> we get a spanking. That's okay, yes. because it's discipline. Thank you, Lord. And the Bible says discipline. Right now, it might not be good, but it will produce. Yes. And that's what I'm counting on. I'm counting on more life, more of God's will, more of God's life. Pleasing Him, amen? Amen. Um, turn with me to... Um, who Philippians, I'm, let's see, do I want to go to the, I think I want to go to the Amplified Classic in Philippians, I think. And we'll start in, let me get an Amplified Classic. We will start in verse... 15, Philippians 3, 15 and 16, Philippians 3 in the Amplified Classic. It says, so let those of us who are spiritually mature, you know, we're supposed to be growing up. We're supposed to be maturing. We're supposed to be putting away childish things. You know, I still find myself putting away childish things, but the good thing is I'm still putting them away. I'm working at it. I'm working at it, and I'm doing it. It says, our spiritually mature and full-grown have this mind. This is the mind we're to have, and we're to hold these convictions. And if any respect, and if any, 
and if in any respect you have a different attitude of mind. See, sometimes we don't think the right thing in our mind, and we've got to recognize that. I love the Holy Spirit because he can sh show me so quickly. He can show you so quickly. You're not thinking right about that. You don't have the right thinking on that. I mean, oh, my gosh, he shows me that all the time. Huellen, you don't have the right thinking on this. This is not really according to my word. It, it's kind of, sort of, but it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not a conviction. It's not unwavering. You, you, you got you to get right thinking on this, and you got to get stable and firmly set on it. Amen? Because, well, let me go on, and then I'll share this with you. Um, a different attitude of mind. God will make that clear to you also. See, he wants to make it clear. See, when I saw this scripture this long time ago in the New King James, I thought to myself, okay, I'm doing something right. I'm asking God to show me before I get to the church. I'm asking him, reveal to me, Lord, the good things and the wrong things. The right and the wrong, the good and the bad, the, the light and the dark. You need to know if you're, if you're dabbling in evil, I, I want to know it. I want to know why isn't things lining up? Why don't things move like they should? Maybe because I got one foot over here with my mind, see, and my thinking. It says, only let us hold true to what we have already attained and walk. Not just talk about it, not just rehearse it, not just recite it, not just think about it, but now walk in what you know. You see, I know some things about healing and order your, our lives by that. I have to now order my life about some things I know about healing. It's no longer going to be satisfactory for me to run to every other thing. Because I know some things about healing. I need to hold with that and I need to walk it. I got to walk that now. God knows I know it. I know I know it. <laughs> I got to walk it. I know some things, some things. I didn't say all, but the things I know about um, prosperity in areas of my life. He knows I know it. I know I know it. I know he knows I know it. I got to walk that. And I got to order my life by it. You see, I'm not going to be able to live like other people. And what you know, God doesn't expect you to live by others. Pastor Morgan and I have a lot of people that we know, a lot of people. We've been in the same place all of our lives. You run into people. They know you. You know them. It starts the conversation up totally against what we believe, totally against what we believe about the Lord. They believe what they believe. We believe what we believe. But what does it say on that door back there? You go speak the message of this new life. Do I let them tell me and then we just walk off and never say anything back? What does it say? What does this say? God has granted us new life. I can't just cover up that new life and just go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and just off I go. I at least have to, not in a confrontation, just they said it to me just as nice, we just say it back to them just as nice. That's all. Y'all need to know that's not steadfastness if you won't speak the truth when you know the truth. God says if you've attained to the truth, you need to have that truth being put forth in your life. Walking the truth. 
Walking is speaking sometimes. That is your walk. You have to tell truth. You don't let the lie just lay there. Maybe you don't walk off with the lie, but now that lie's loose. I kind of look at it like that. Oh, my golly, that lie's loose now. They're going to walk off with it, and who knows the next person they encounter. I mean, at least, at least put truth back to the lie. That's an expectation of God. You know, that's, that's no room for discussion here. He says it right here. Right here, he says Right here at the end of the 16, hold true to what we have already attained and walk and order our lives by it. We have to. Whatever we're rooted and grounded in, whatever we're steadfast in, whatever we've been unwavering to, whatever we have a conviction of about the word of God, we have to be willing to speak it. We have to be willing to walk it. We have to be willing to exercise it in our life. Do you know that things are, I'm told no a lot in my life about things. (laughs) But you wouldn't know it because I don't, you know, oh, I wanted to do this, but I can't do it. I just know what I know. I know what I know, and I have to attain to what I know. He says, order my life by it. You've got to order your life, which means I feel like doing the other thing. Well, I know that. Who doesn't feel like that? We're not that special. Everybody has feelings like that. But, you know, you, you have to keep to what you've attained, keep to what you know, and order your life by it and walk in it, walk in it, walk in it. Not just knowing it. You've got to put some walk with the talk. You know, everyone can talk it, but when it comes down and you're face-to-face with the situation and circumstance of whatever it may be, are you going to walk it? Are you going to walk it? Am I going to walk it? Or am I going to lay down in it? I don't know about you. I'm not laying down in a snake pit. When I was young, my mother would take My mother loved snakes, okay? They mesmerized her, and she loved them. So we had a little place in town where they had a big old pit, huge, way down in the ground, and you could lean over, and, I mean, there were thousands of snakes in this pit. Well, my mother would take us there every weekend because she loved to watch the snakes. And, I mean, they were you know, they try to climb up the wall, but they couldn't get there. But I always, I like to look at them too, but they were kind of creepy. But then when I got saved, I remember the Holy Ghost bringing that snake pit up to me. I saw it like it was yesterday. And I remember him saying to me, if you were to fall over in that pit, would you just stand there and let those snakes just go at you? Or would you do anything and everything to get out of there? Well, nobody's going to, and he likened that to the enemy. Are you going to let the enemy just keep rolling on you, rolling up on you? Are you going to keep him, letting him attack you and get in and get a hold? And I remember that so good. And that's the only time I'd ever thought about it since growing up. But, but you know what? God was right about that. You know, that served me well because over these years what I faced, I'm thinking to myself, geez, I'm glad you brought up the snake pit, Lord, because I faced a lot of stuff and I wouldn't want to be laying in it for sure because it came for no good. 
You know, it came for no good. It didn't come to help me. It didn't come to teach me anything. It came for no good. No good. Glory to God, but it didn't get its way, did it? It did not get its way. And, you know, that's what steadfastness is about. We don't let the enemy have his way. You know, he, he's a bully, and he'll make you think, you can't do anything about this. But I've got the word, and the word's already done something about you, not you, the enemy. And um, so, yes, I can do something about it because I'm here, and greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. So, yes, I can do something about it. Amen? All right, turn with me, and we'll leave it here. Uh, Titus 2. Verses 11 to 15, J.B. Phillips. I love that. I love it. Such a good one. J.B. Phillips, it's Titus 2, 11 to 15. It says, it's going to talk about grace. You know, grace is to get on with things, not to just lay down in it, not to quit, not to just stamp grace on everything and say, it, oh, the grace of God will take care of it. No, 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 no. The grace of God is given to you so you can do something with it. Amen. It says, for the grace of God, which can save every man, has now become known. So we know grace. And it teaches us to have no more to do with godliness or the desires of this world, but to live here and now responsible, honorable, and God-fearing lives. This is my whole point today about steadfastness. We need to realize what is grace for what is grace for? It's right here what grace is for. You've got to be responsible. You've got to be honorable. You've got to be God-fearing. That's what grace is given to us for. We attach faith to grace. Amen. Right. And they work together. Amen. And they work well. And we have the outcome of their working together. But we've got to do our part. Our part is attaching the faith, that unwavering faith. That conviction that we have, that loyalty that we have. Yes, we do attach it to the grace of God. Because what does it say right there? To be responsible, to be honorable, to be God-fearing and lead that kind of a life. Amen. And we got to grow in this. Of course we grow in it. It says, and while we live this life, we hope and we wait for the glorious... Um, Okay, there is a weird word in my, in my, um, it's denouement, I guess, of the great God and of Jesus Christ, our Savior. For he himself, for us all, that he might rescue us from all our evil ways and make for himself a people of his own, clean and pure, with our hearts set upon living a life that is good. Let me just say this to you before I go on. Do you see why we were rescued? We are to to get that pure life. We are to have that life that is set upon living good, living God's will, living his kind of life, his way, living his truth. I mean, yes, we can have our own truth. I get it. But you need to, you know, we don't, we don't have license to do that. You need to put away your own truth and pick up his truth. That's what we have to do so we can live a life that's pleasing before him, but also live that miraculous, powerful, strengthened life, supernaturally strengthened because of our diligence, 
because of our obedience, because our responsibility. We take up with the things that are of God, but we take them to ourselves. We take them to ourselves. I'm responsible to live a life before him. I'm sitting under the word. I'm sitting under the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm responsible. I am responsible. And I am to lead that honorable, God-fearing life, that God-inside-minded, that once it gets in me, then the right things can come through me or come out of me. Amen? 15, it says, Tell men of these things, Titus, urge them to action, using a reprimand where necessary, with all the authority of God's minister, and as such, let no one treat you with contempt. So you know what that tells me right there? Which I've thought this for a long time, but it tells me, because sometimes people share things with me, because they, they won't stay under, under the authority or the anointing of this ministry, but they tell me, that you know they don't need to be told but we do need to be told and a minister of the gospel has the right and has the authority to get up and tell us to get up and correct us to get up you know one of the things it says about the word is it's good for rebuke and a rebuke all this is I don't know why we get crazy over that word it just means to be restrained or it means to be warned I don't know about you, I want to be restrained from the wrong things and definitely warned from them. And if it has to be strong, then it has to be strong. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't need, need it to come strong, but what are the guys sitting next to me? Maybe he does. Maybe he's just about ready to fall all in, and he needs to be woke up. Hey, but regardless of how it comes, this tells me in this scripture the five-fold ministry gifts, the leadership, they have a right. They have a right to stand up and to correct and reprove, uh, repro blah, reprove and rebuke with the word. Because you, we can't say here that, that the word is not used. It's not like we get in the pulpit and just rake us over the coals. It's from the word. <laughs> we use the word. Just like this morning. We have to have diligence. We have to get steadfast. We have to hold conviction. We can't let things, circumstances, and other people that we, even that we care about, come before us and just rip the word of God apart. Now, they might not know they're doing that, but in myself, I know. Like, there is no way, even though some of my family still don't believe that I was healed miraculously without a doctor's intervention, without anything. They still to this day do not believe it. They will get out their computer and Google it and tell me if I let them, but I don't let them. But they'll Google it and they'll say, no, this is, no, you couldn't have. Really? 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 <laughs> really? Okay, so that's hard-hearted. Let's be real and stubborn. But for my side of it, I can't let them say, yeah, let me, oh, let me see that. You're right. Oh, yeah, I see that. Now, this, this could have happened. I get that. I can't be found in that place because that is not the will of God, and that's not attaining to what I know. And what I've received from God. I can't do it. I, I cannot do it. If everyone there decides I'm an idiot, 
a crazy person, a nut job, it doesn't matter. If they mock me, I, I, I can't do this because I've attained something and I cannot do that. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm excited about this year. I am excited because we are going to get straightened up. And I like it because it'll be more life for us, better life. If you don't ever get straightened up, then that must mean you're okay. So you know what? I'm not touching that. But for myself and others that I know about that want to be straightened up because they've already talked to me about it, good for us. We're ready. We're on the scene. We're open to be straightened up. I heard that a lot in my life. Hugh Ellen, you need to straighten up. <laughs> oh, God bless my mother. That's all I can say. But um, truly, though, we, we do have to be picked up sometimes and straightened up and, you know, set someplace else where we need to be instead of where we find ourselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I just, I wanted to share that this morning because I think it's important to get, out, to get out on the right foot about the authority of the ministry, the will of God in the ministry. We want to be the teachable. We want to be the ones that are diligent. We want to learn how to be disciplined. I mean, you have to learn that. That's what growing up's all about. Parents are supposed to teach their children discipline, not a free-for-all. It's a discipline. And, it's, and, you know, it does start young. And some of us got it and some of us didn't and some of us are getting it now. But the good thing is we can get it because we are a child of the king and we are a child of God. And I can receive discipline. I can do it. I can receive it. Don't be like me. I was a runner, so I got worse and worse and worse because as soon as I was told, you're going you're gonna to get um, disciplined, I ran. I found any door, to, and I ran. Don't run. Don't run from God. I know. I was a runner. I admit it. I just, I don't know. But we're God inside-minded now. We've, we're, we're filled with the Holy Ghost, y'all. There's no reason to run from God. Don't run from rebuke. Don't run from reproof. Don't run from correction. Don't run from discipline. Amen? Ooh, amen, amen. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God. We thank you that your word is miraculous. Your word is supernatural strength, Father God, that we are glad to receive that word. We will be diligent to receive that word. We'll have that ear to hear. We'll have that eye to see. We want perception of you. We want the understanding of you. We want um, the knowledge, Father God. We want to walk in the wisdom of your word, Lord God. We thank you that we want to walk as an overcomer in this life, Lord God. We want to walk pleasing before our God with unwavering faith. All of this can take place, Lord, as we bring ourselves and sit ourselves under the authority of your word, Father God, under the authority of a, a God-given, God-ordained ministry, Lord God, under the authority of your Holy Spirit working within us, Father. We thank you for it and we praise you for it. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Um, all right, so there's an opportunity to give. There's an opportunity to sow a seed. There's an opportunity for you to not rob God and bring the tithe into the storehouse. So whatever that is, 
that you're entering into, we know those are all righteous acts. We know that they're of God. We know that that's the way God um, protects us and God increases us and God delivers us. That's one way that he can do that because the Bible tells us those things. So if you're giving this morning, um, there are offering envelopes on the seat back in front of you. Live streamers, if you want to give into the ministry, um, we pray over every offering, every seed. Um, you can go to newlifefamilyworship.net and go to the giving link, and it will tell you how to give, and we will send you the tax-deductible receipt. Amen? Amen.